Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrullo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? What? Where'd the intro music go? Uh, it's. What do you mean? What do you mean? It was there. Of course, it was there. We just heard it. I just no. It was. It, I. You didn't play us in. You just you edited it in. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Fuck. I, I, I heard the music just now. Um, <laughs> mm. Boop. Well, uh, all right, here we go, America. Uh, it's we don't we don't do you, we don't with with this with, with ZenCaster we can't play the music in like with the other one. Oh, really? Is yeah. that that's a that's a failing of uh, technology right there? So yeah, um, happy birthday, Bernie Sanders, eighty years old today, September eighth. Woohoo! Jesus, Bernie, uh, Chairman Sanders, he's still out there fighting for us. He's doing town halls like crazy right now trying to whip up support for a 3.5 trillion dollar stimulus or infrastructure plan infrastructure right yeah yeah we'll probably pass one that's like half a trillion right and of course 10 trillion the one that they actually are trying to pass isn't even nearly enough but of course it's gonna get watered down even further and oh god the usual shit but we're not gonna talk about that today because that's boring we're gonna talk about fun things like uh people shitting out their intestines and and pushing uh large trains miles at a time in the freezing cold uh tundra of, of north korea <laughs> um, it's cold there it's i mean they border russia so like how how cold is it <laughs> it's <laughs> it like snow piercer cold where you put your arm out the fucking window and it freezes off freezes immediately and then yeah. break it off yeah yeah so yeah we you know that we, we don't have a ton of there wasn't a ton of big news stories this week but we we did want to kind of focus on a couple of interesting uh, uh little little tidbits that we picked up uh obviously number one is the clip that was going around on social media of uh the the uh north korean defector yonmi uh park who um is is like a famous like celebrity north korean defector who also just happens to you know be uh the member of this libertarian like organization that gets paid to do speeches paid thousands of dollars to do speeches and talks about things like safe spaces and you know wokeness and you know shit that people from north korea obviously are very deeply invested in you know that's i'm sure that's just a totally organic thing that you know she came here and that she's not just a reactionary right winger who saw an opportunity to make money with this grift well uh, by making things up completely yeah and this was you know one of many many people joe rogan has had on his show where people just go what the fuck are you doing like how right how are you this like i i I know he has lots of people on with differing viewpoints but most aren't trained liars the way that this woman is and she's to such a degree where 
it's it's like she knows what she's doing. There's certain tells that she has here, and we're gonna play some clips so you'll hear it. Um, but like the, for the last week, this is like all anyone in in the world of you know sort of uh, media watchdogging, podcast watchdogging has been talking about because it's like she could easily get away with like some pretty decent lies that, that would probably stick, but she's making up shit that's so absurd just like logical like logically just complete bonkers bullshit and joe rogan is just sitting there like uh fake tits wow right, right. <laughs> he's just like just, uh, just totally zoned out like staring at right right and tiny little north korean woman allegedly uh huge fake tits Right. And right. Joe Rogan, you know, he's among many other. And again, I'm not this is not a judgment of her character, but among and many, many other uh, visual plastic surgery. She's very clearly a, a, a huge fan of uh, American uh, celebrity culture and that that sort of, you know. Yeah, she, her, she looks like she's had many plastic surgeries like she looks like she's tried to make herself look like a inflatable sex doll. That's what she looks like right and you know okay whatever people want to be sure whatever but like i don't listening to her talk about things that she clearly has no direct experience with and then learning more about her backstory and realizing like she's she didn't just like some fucked up person with an agenda this is somebody who's like the tip of a spear of a huge industry that is obsessed with trying to take down left-wing governments by any lie necessary right right? and we're going to get into kind of the the you know some of the tells here but you know again there's there's ways you can tell a lie that's plausible and this is not it right right (laughs) absolutely off the charts and the the fact that you know it's it's one thing like joe rogan just you know he's kind of got this skeptical look on his face sometimes but other times he's like filling in the blanks for her in her story or trying to clarify what she's saying when she's being extremely vague or she's, she's changing from present tense to past tense. And he's trying to kind of like lock in certain aspects trying to like figure out if she's actually saying a thing happened or if she's like basically saying, here's a thing that could happen or, you know, right. And when he does that, when he does that, he's co-signing a lie. Now I know he's fucking high as shit and when people are really right. fucking high, they're impressionable. It's like, whoa, dude, that's fucked up. That's fucking crazy. I can't fuck. Dude, that, that's just, you know, the rats, they go for your eyes because the tissue's soft, dude. Did you know that? Your eye tissue's soft and rats love to eat it. Like, he fucking, like, just he falls into he's, her lie. Right. And he's not, <laughs> and I, I want to say about him, he's not incapable. And it's not just like, oh, well, he's incapable of, you know, challenging his guests or calling bullshit because he's done it before um he actually did it when when he doesn't believe something that's being told to him he'll be very obviously like sarcastic about it like he had tom delange the uh, former guitarist of uh, blink 182 on uh a couple of years ago and you know he's like very big into ufos and like all that sort of shit um and he was like telling him these things and like joe rogan was very clearly like mocking him which is actually kind of funny because tom delange kind of has been vindicated because his organization were the ones that got the government to release those like those recent ufo footage uh videos that were like you know the one that that was shot from like the f-15 and all that shit that they were like oh yeah no this is this is legit we have no idea what the fuck it was that so but regardless like he he has no problem like 
making fun of a guest if he thinks that they're full of shit or was, if they're crazy. Was, was his guest a UFO guy? Was he also a white guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, probably didn't have a uh, plastic surgery or huge no, right. Yeah. Exactly, right, so, right. So Joe Rogan was, was stoned and he's hypnotized by these large breasts and he's not going to, you know, discount her story because she knows, you know, exactly what she's doing, right? She's, she's... I mean, to, to anybody else, you know, you'd listen to this and go, this is this is ridiculous. But she knows that when she gets carted around to these different venues, TED Talks, you know, the morning show, Joe Rogan or whatever, she's got a captive audience there and she can say whatever she wants to. Right. And she's being broadcast out to millions of people who already think North Korea is a terrible place and who knows what goes on there because there's no way to know anything. There's literally no way we can ever know if any of this, any, anything that we hear about <laughs> that country is fucking true. Although I will tell you of all the things that didn't happen, everything that this fucking asshole says did not happen the most because it is, well, I'm going to play some clips, but it is preposterous. Um, just, but, and, but you and know even, what? Even real, like, just like, physically po impossible things right physically right. impossible things that couldn't happen anywhere let alone you know in god-loving freedom fearing america or north korea um well and but real quick you say she has a captive audience and that's true but i think there's also the reason that she's able to get away with this shit is because that audience wants to believe these things about countries like north korea and communist and socialist countries they want to believe these things so they will believe any fucking whopper you tell them and and like earnestly like joe rogan you know for people like all people can say about his politics you know is it, not awful on every domest domestic issue like he believes in universal health care etc cetera, etc cetera. sure um he is so susceptible to any kind of imperialist propaganda when it comes to other countries he will believe any shit like he was very on board with Russiagate like even like like as of last year like when Jimmy Dore went on his show and was talking about how Russiagate was bullshit and he wasn't like like oh no you're wrong but like he was like very, he was like yeah but what about like he's just very susceptible and like does not and like has zero critical thinking skills when it comes to anything that happens outside of the, the domestic uh, United States like he's just I, I has think no he, critical he, thinking skills whatsoever right. when it comes well, to his, his critical thinking skills is anything's possible and i'm really high right now so i'm very <laughs> susceptible to imaginative ideas right if you can tell me a story and i can imagine it because i'm fucking baked uh right now then right. it's plausible that's his Whoa, critical that's thinking up. skill is just believing anything that he can imagine Right. right. So the, you just got to tell him a story and he's fucking wrapped around your finger. And it doesn't hurt when you're, you know, this little helpless victim sex doll from North Korea. If she even is from North Korea, I fucking doubt that she's ever, you know, been in North right. Korea. She's probably from South Korea because parts of her own life story don't match up with any, you know, actual timeline. If um, not just a complete, like, Amer you know, CIA American recruit that they you know, taught to speak with an yeah. accent and, you know, all that. Nah, I mean, the, the accent's real. The accent's real. But that's part of her. Part I, of her I'm not, yeah, probably. But again, she is very, she'll very clearly, like, she, she clearly understands and speaks English, you know, very well for a foreigner, but will always claim anytime people call out massive logical inconsistencies that it's a language barrier, even though it's a matter of 
like completely different stories that she tells about you know how her mother died and what happened with her father who was you right. know arrested for and, illegal and we're smuggling gonna, and we're gonna get into this here too but there's let's, like let's, very let's play, very yeah. specific things that she does when you can tell that she's telling a real story versus telling something is completely fabricated um right. because the tense will change now people often do change the, the tense of a story when they're talking about something that's hypothetical you know, like we make up shit all the time or like, oh, it'd be funny if, if this guy walked over there and then this happened. To that. You're, you're telling the story in, you know, present tense because it's not a thing that actually happened to you that you actually witnessed. You're making up a thing. It's right? like that OJ thing we watched where he was telling the story of Charlie in the present tense. Like, right. no. <laughs> like it's that's literally what it was like. It was just you had to visualize it. And, and you're making it up as you go along or remembering your made up story as you go along. So you're saying it in the present tense versus just like, oh, yeah, man, it's crazy. Shit right. happened to me. This is what happened versus like, this is the story that I want to tell you. And then this happened. And then this, you know. Right. But um, so let's run that first yeah. clip where she talks about the choo-choo train and <laughs> uh, other elements of that. We'll we'll start picking away the 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 the. Um, See, this was the first clip that I heard. I was kind of like, just started thinking. <laughs> right. And then, you know, of course, watch the rest of these clips. You know, I don't even know how long the whole interview was, but it was like, oh, oh, it's not that just she's she's dumb. She's just making up everything. 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 Right. So right. we'll, so we'll start with the easy one. Right, right. They are floating in the rivers, and then they also train station somehow had a lot of dead bodies because North Korea is very cold and there's a train waiting area and North Korea has one train go to one distance like a once a month and like here it would take like one hour to go the other place in North Korea take a month at least to go because there's no electricity and sometimes people have to push the train they have to push the train yeah Damn, that train must really fucking take a long time to get back to the uh, station. <laughs> it takes a month to get okay. across. So she just said that there is, it, it, <laughs> there's only North Korea has one train, right? They have one train, and it only has one stop. So let's just process that. There's only one stop and only one train, which means. <laughs> The train oh, no, track. It's the infinity train. It just the goes around. The <laughs> train fucking track is a circle because it can only stop one place. It's a fucking circle. Right? There's not there's not two points to get to the Okay, and it takes a month. Really? So if you want to go anywhere on the train in North Korea, it'll take you a month to get there. Like, why would you you could walk the anywhere faster in a country in a month than you could take a train in a month? Like right, you they could, have cars in North Korea. They have tra other transit in North Korea, like North Korea. So yeah, it it takes about two seconds of looking these things up because they are very knowable things. North Korea has six thousand kilometers of rail lines. So, so that's just one tr one continuous loop around. Yes, the it's one big country, loop right? around the country with only one stop. You can only get on and off. Why would you get on a train that had one stop? But it was like, okay, you get on here, you ride the train for six thousand miles, and then you get off in the same spot. Now well, it builds character because you you right. have to you have to get out and push the train. So you know it's it's a good character right. building exercise. So. And there's no electricity in North Korea yet. Somehow they have a nuclear weapons program. How's that work? How's that fucking work? 
So there's no electricity, and the train often doesn't run, so people have to push the train. Uh, you know how much a fucking train weighs? Um, I don't, but I imagine not uh, light enough for, for a bunch of people to push. Why <laughs> would you push a train? Why? Why, Bart? Why would you push the train? I just, just by the way, I f- for reference, because I, you know, I have no idea in terms of size reference. I googled how big is North Korea in compared to the United States, and the entire uh, state of North Korea would fit inside of Colorado. So yeah, I, I, I'm sure that they <laughs> that, that that that's so fucking massive that they they need to take a month to get from one end of it to another. <laughs> like you literally, like you said, could well, walk from so, one end to the other and. <laughs> Right. And okay, so you, you just Google uh you know, North Korea train station and you will see the most beautiful artistic well-lit uh ornate train stations that you have ever seen in your life. And compare that with any picture of the fucking subway in New York City and let me tell you which is the third world country and which is not. And by the okay. way, these are these are from websites like CNN Wired, like clearly like antagonistic towards north korea websites they're not going to publish this shit to like do pr for north korea like this is these are actual pictures of north korean train stations and like you said they're beautiful they're like they you know you you look at this and then you look at videos from last week of ida's flooding in the subways uh of the shithole subway system that we have in the biggest city in this country new york city and you're like wow uh which which one's the third world country which one's the shithole country Right. And and let's just I mean the capital, Pyongyang, uh even just there, um, they have a rapid transit system uh that has dozens of stops. Uh daily ridership is estimated between four hundred thousand and seven hundred thousand daily riders. Um <laughs> you know, it this is it's just it's like but then like you'll you'll see things online too where people say, Oh, but that's that's all a hoax. It's all a hoax. See, North Korea, um, they just put people on the metro line and, and move them back and forth to look like a normal country so that, you know, the, the tourists don't get alarmed. It's like, like right. So all the, all the thousands their job of- is to just ride transit as an actor. Like, OK, well, that's still a job, though, right? Sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet gig. I mean, fuck. Right. Right. And, but, OK, apparently there's no electricity. <clears throat> Uh, but you know somehow they're riding the escalator down to the subway platform and uh, you know how is the escalator running without electricity I, g- I guess it's probably just a bunch of starving children on a treadmill underground that's that's how you make things move uh in a country that is communist right it, it's just the idea that like the entirety and this and this kind of gets back to the root of it which is this american you know exceptionalism american chauvinism this idea that everything that every other country does is in service of their relationship with the United States. Because why else would a country just do everything in in, in their power to solely uh to trick the United States into thinking that it was doing these, you know, like 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 as if they give a fuck like what we're doing on a daily basis or what we think they're doing on a daily basis versus just they're a resource starved country. Well, you know, obviously they're reasons. trying to trick European tourists too, Anthony. I mean that's oh, right, come right. on. Um, right. I should say Western in general, but um, I was, uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it's, it's just preposterous. It's like, look, North Korea, again, we know fucking shit all about what actually happens in that country because you really can't believe anything you hear from anyone that, 
um, is is trying to sell you something about North so Korea. You can find out. You just have to read more than five minutes, right? Like, right. well, yeah, spend I mean, an hour. You know, any, any, spend an hour reading. You're gonna get some propaganda. You're gonna get some some you know some factual information, and you'll probably get some you know bullshit from a North Korean newspaper. So right. keep reading. Keep reading until you understand where it's coming from and what their agenda is. And you know, I was reading. I was reading. Um, there's a, uh, I mean, so all tourism through North Korea uh, is essentially monitored or handled by their government. But there's, there's, um, you know, tourist organizing companies outside of North Korea who specialize in putting together tours, right? So now, right. you know, and they and they went through. I'm reading through their blog and everything, and they're talking about like, here's all the myths that you've been told, and here's the reality. And they were really honest, actually. This was, it was like, yes, if you go there, you can't just wander around on your own. You're going to be expected to stay with this guided tour. And if you leave the guided tour, you will be arrested. That's just that's we're telling you right up. But right. most times that we have guided tours to any country, they go to the same fucking places because those are the places tourists want to go. So that's not really different. And, you know, they said, like, look. It's also there's different rules for if you're a journalist or an American tourist than anywhere else. And there's reasons for that <laughs> because we have fucking people. We send spies over there all the time. Right. They're very distrustful of, of Americans for good reason. Because, yeah, you know, we... because America wiped out a fifth of their population in a war. Right. Right. There's that little chestnut. Um, so, but yeah, so that's the whole idea is they basically don't want you sneaking around their country which you know we're starving for resources and have been for decades along with every other western country um you know so it's understandable like again not every country has the same experience as we do in terms of daily life like it's you know we we don't have uh the only system that should be allowed in in civilized society in the united states i would argue <laughs> we have one of the worst systems in uh, civilized society in the United States in terms of how we actually take care of our citizens. So they are, again, very a very resource-poor country that's very um, hesitant to trust any Americans for very good reason. And, you know, yeah, life is fucking different there. But, I, I again, anytime you hear shit like this from the people like uh, Yomni Parks, uh, the, the people like that of the world, uh, they're just clearly trying to fucking sell you a narrative because they get paid a lot of money to, to make right-wingers, you know, fucking go, Ooh, yeah. Well, as they, you know, stare at her fucking plastic face and chest, like that's, that's the whole point of her grift. And there's a lot of other people uh, who are defectors from North Korea who have similar grifts. Like it's just Americans remember, love to hear about video. all these horrible situations in, in, Oh, we love countries. it. We love that shit because it makes us feel benevolent and and mighty and like we're the and, ones and, and that have to, to sell. We don't them. have it so bad here when you right. when you hear right. So you, you remember, like that. remember that video that came out a few years ago of the guy who was like trying to flee across the border, right? And there was like uh, North Korean um, police or soldiers shooting at him as he like sped across the border in his car, right? Uh, and vaguely, people, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was it was a big deal at the time, and they're like running after him with machine guns, shooting at him in his car, and they're like, "Look how desperate North Koreans are! They're willing to risk their lives to flee the country." And then it turned out the guy who was fleeing the country they were shooting at was a wanted murderer. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, that's, that's a little. It was like he was fleeing because he knew he was he was going to go to jail for a crime. Um, 
Yeah, but like they, they, you know, once that part of the story came out, it was already, you know, over the news cycle and it already, you know, the, the footage had done its job already. Um, but yeah, so so I'm looking at uh, North Korea last night on Google Maps and I'm, I'm zoomed way into like uh, Pyongyang and, you know, it looks like any other city for the most part. Uh, right. There's parks, there's soccer stadiums, there's, you know, there's, the one thing there's not a lot of is like independent stores, which you would expect to see a lot of in you know a, a city you'd see like you know little shops vendors things like that there's you don't really see much of that which right. i guess you would expect when you have a very centrally planned economy you wouldn't have as many mom and pop shops everywhere but the one thing i did notice it was a little strange is like there's highways everywhere but there's almost no cars on them right mm-hmm. and, and like and even though i'm like so anti-car and like pro cycling and pro transit it's just my, weird to my, see. my brain was still just like Oh, that's weird. Why don't they have fucking traffic jams everywhere? <laughs> right. Like, if they don't have traffic jams, are they even is it is it even real, or is it just like you know, are, did they have a so a paid actor drive a car down the street once in a while for <laughs> for the Google satellite camera? And then I was like, well, wait a minute. So the, so they have a city with with roads that aren't choked with loud, obnoxious, polluting traffic. And immediately our brains were so trained in our Western imperialist brains to be like, ha ha, they're not fucking dying from fucking, right. from respiratory cancers from all the pollution. Like, well, they're, they're all on the train that has one stop that takes a month that, you know, when they took those satellite images, it was about halfway around the track. So, right. They, right. They're all kind of stuck there. So it's, it's it, understandable. So there are no cars in the road. It Bane tricked all 80,000 of Gotham's <laughs> police to go underground at the same time. And then trapped them down there where there was no food, where they lived for three months. Yeah, right. no, it's just, it's, it's that's like, just North Korea every the, day. The shit right? people will fucking come up with to be like, like, no, they couldn't possibly be going to work somewhere on the subway. Like, they, they must be just, you know, riding it back and forth and back and forth so the tourists don't think there's anything wrong. Like, I gotta tell you, too, if our subway system and our public transit looked like the, like the pictures of North Korea's transit system does, a lot more people would be a lot less reluctant to ride it like uh, half the reason people you know in new york city probably commute other mean by other means other than the subways because the subway is a fucking cesspool the subway in new york city is horrible like it's just it never works it's constantly late it's always broken down it's crowded there's just people like well, right it's crowded because they're, they're it is so popular because like how else would you get around in a city of nine well it's the only people? it's the only <laughs> moderately affordable way to do it although of course they right. keep jacking the rates up even though it should be just a free fucking more method of public transit los angeles pub- just finally did that los angeles all transit is free in los angeles everyone's like oh you have to drive a car in la no you don't they fucking they they made all transit free during the pandemic, and I was out there in LA at the time, and it was fucking awesome to just hop on a train or a fucking bus wherever you wanted to and take it wherever, not have to worry about your metro card or exact change or any of that shit. And right. it was so popular, they were like, "Let's just do that always." And because right. you're paying fucking taxes already, <laughs> that up, up upkeep these things anyway, right? Why the fuck not do that? But and, no, but then who the NYPD tackle? Because they hopped the rail because they couldn't afford to pay two seventy five right. every fucking time <laughs> who would they the, need to go Who would somewhere? the Chicago police shoot in the back as he ran up the stairway for, you know, hopping subways without paying the extra fare? Right. Um, so, yeah. So this, this woman, um, she just, like, once she knows she's got Joe Rogan eating out of the palm of her hand, she just goes for fucking broke here. Um, so I, I don't know you 
want to run that second clip yet yeah yeah so we have one other clip from this interview which is just you know even more preposterous so let's play this in the whole thing i mean we'll, we'll just like i watched uh lee camped an hour on this last night um uh ben norton and max blumenthal did like a whole episode of a podcast just on this that i've been listening to i haven't finished it yet but the, you know it, she goes on and on and on here we're not gonna play a ton more clips just this one but this one is maybe the most insane thing I've ever heard. Um, so, yeah, let her rip. Yeah. Like in North Korea, we don't have a switch. We don't have running water, obviously. We have to go to well or river to bring the drinking water. And there's a young teenage boy, I think, lying down. And his intestines coming out of his uh, back. When you're really malnourished, that thing all opens up. You got zero, zero fats. Every hole all opens. And and you see doggies, like dogs looking at his organs coming out. And he was still somehow conscious begging for food at the time. He was begging for food while his organs were hanging out of his body. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, totally. That makes sense. Your your organs just, just, just all like, you know push themselves out of your body and they and you trail your entrails do, like do, you're in a zombie movie does she think that americans believe that like in north korea humans have like a separate physiology than they do in the rest of the world that like they their their digestive systems their metabolism works differently that like if you don't get enough food you lose cellular cohesion and your your bowels start to fall out of your flesh like, did, what the fuck is she talking about? I I, re- I genuinely could not even begin to fucking like it. it just it, she really just has a very childlike way of like, you know, like when kids are telling a story that the, and they just keep making up exceedingly preposterous details. Right. Like every and everything then, that she does sounds then, like, right. And then, but here, here I'm gonna, I have this transcribed. I want to read this and and okay. break it down here. So in North Korea, she's accent north korea we don't have sewage okay uh it's a country of 24 million people they definitely have sewage they definitely have plumbing in north korea then she says we don't have running water obviously like really how'd you go to the hospital to get your appendix taken out if there's no running water this is another part of the interview she talks about how uh you know there's the hospitals don't work but they're all full of dead people um and if you go there there's no anesthesia and they just cut you open but there's no electricity to rain water so how is that even possible anyway so she says we have to go to well river to bring drinking water and there's a young teenage boy i think lying down and his intestines coming out his back when you really malnourished that thing all opens up you got zero zero fat. Every hole all opens. Okay, so she says we have to go to the well river to bring drinking water, and there's a young teenage boy, I think. Why would you say I think if you're recalling something you actually saw? She's just making up a scenario that Joe Rogan then just says, Wait, you actually saw this? And she's like, y- Yeah. I, if, you, if you believe I did, <laughs> sure, and sure, why not? It just, just like when you get malnourished, that thing all opens up. You got zero, zero fat. Every hole all opens. What did she? 
I, I really that's just not how don't the even, human body right, works. I, I don't know what it. she's talking about. <laughs> like, I, it, I genuinely do not know what it is. There was also part of the interview. I don't have a clip of it, but she was talking about this. Basically how uh, North Korean children resort were had to resort to eating rats and then they would die because the rats were contaminated. And then the other rats would then eat the corpses of the, of those kids who died. And then other kids would eat those rats, which should now become contaminated with like, she literally is just, it, this is like what a seven-year-old would come up with, like for like a horror story. Like if you were like, Hey, why don't you write me a scary story about like, you know, like, w- like a fucked up seven-year-old would but come none up of with. it. None of it even makes fucking logical sense. She said no, that no. there was, there was parents telling their children not to eat the rats because the children were running around chasing the rats and giggling and laughing right how how many children do you know that are giggling and laughing while they're trying to catch a rat because they're starving to death like from whence from what energy do you have in you if you're starving to death trying to catch a rat are you laughing about it right like that's just not that's not a thing also you ever try to catch a rat with your hands or a squirrel with your hands or a bird with your hands good fucking luck right there's there's a reason why we invented traps and tools and knives and shit because all those fucking animals uh, you can't catch them with your hands that's not no. like you could catch a maybe a bug with your hands but good luck trying to catch any fucking you could run around for hours and hours and not catch that fucking thing no right it's just it's just physically impossible unless so you happen to trap it this is but i mean what she's doing here it's it, like we you think no one's gonna believe that but obviously a lot of people are gonna believe that because what she's doing is it, of she, the skill that she's employing here is not about coming up with accurate details, right? She's a good liar. And any good liar, a trained liar, knows a lie is effective when it focuses energy on eliciting an emotional response from the audience, not when it focuses on getting the audience to commit false information to memory. Nobody remembers factual details. They remember how a story made them feel. And these stories are designed to make people feel bad about the plight of North Koreans. Therefore, we must intervene. We must do something to help those people. And the best we can do is starve them more with more fucking sanctions. Right, right. Which is ultimately the point of this, which is ultimately why all these right wing uh, think tank groups and these libertarian groups give her all of this money is because they want to make this this idea of communism and socialism so untenable and disgusting to people that they do then turn to the the libertarian school of thinking just just wide open fucking just unregulated free market capitalism and you know that's that's ultimately what the whole point of this is and you know we've we've been strangling north korea with sanctions for decades upon decades um and there's no end in sight to it. And, you know, the the closest we've gotten to normalizing relations with North Korea was under Donald fucking Trump. So, like, it's just unbelievable that 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 that's the the level of of, of idiot that it took to actually just like ignore all of this propaganda and be like, eh, well, whatever. He doesn't seem that they don't seem that bad to me. Like, for whatever reason, like, it just didn't seem as as, you know, because he doesn't have that that thing in his brain that tells him just go along with with whatever the you know the cia narrative is maybe it's you know because they didn't particularly care for him either he was the only thing that almost you know normalized at least you know the the uh what people understood about life in north korea beyond you know anything that we've heard in the last you know 
20, 30 years, which is kind of yeah. crazy. It's uh, right. You know, and it's like both parties do this shit too. You know, like we had a, we had a good, uh, peace arrangement, non-nuclear proliferation agreement with, uh, Iran. Right. Right. And Trump fucking threw that out the window, even though it was a good agreement. Right. Uh, and he said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to negotiate something better. And he never did. Right. And, and now we're not so. going to get back into it because why would Joe Biden want to get back into the agreement that his fucking the president that he was the vice president for had uh, agreed to? You know, one of the only, one of the only good things that actually well, even happened during the he's the certainly Obama not going to do any more good things now with uh, how doing the right things hurting his poll numbers. Right. Right. Um, or they, at least, they, they you know, dissuaded he, him of that notion real quick. Yeah, at least when they do push polling, that it's like, did you did you know that if Joe Biden pulls out of Afghanistan, it will cause uh, child cancer in your child? Um, the Taliban will rape and murder your wife if if Joe Biden keeps pulling troops out of Afghanistan. That's, like that's, that's right, that's right. Oh, did you? I saw this picture of of uh, it was an article, follow up article about like how things are going in Afghanistan. Now the Taliban are back in control, and they showed a picture because I I had read that <clears throat> you know women can still go to school. Uh, but they're going to have gender segregated classrooms. And I see this picture and there's men and women in the same classroom, but there's like a sheet between the two sides of the room right. um, uh, from, from which, you know, they, they can't see each other, I guess. So that's, you know, can't make babies that way. Um, and the article is like trying to make a big deal out of it and say like, we're, we're going back 20 years back to when women could, you know, and then the article uh, has to kind of finally admit that like, Actually, back when, you know, when for the last 20 years when the Taliban weren't in control, uh, they still had segregated classrooms. They just didn't have a sheet. <laughs> so it's like, uh, that's the thing fuck? in like Orthodox Judaism, too. That's not even just Islam. Oh, like, that's, you know. that's for having sex through the hole in the sheet. That's that. Oh, right. Watched, okay. Right, I right, watched right, that, right. that Curb Your Enthusiasm episode recently, actually, um, where he tries to have a date with, uh, uh, what's his name? Gina, uh, Gina Gershon. Um, and everyone tells him, like, if you don't show up with a sheet, she's not going to fuck you. And Larry shows up with a sheet and she's like, what the fuck are you doing, Larry? Nobody fucking does that. Who are you listening to? <laughs> good shit. But um, no, season, you know, three. Yeah. season three or no, I'm sorry. Season four. Well, maybe, maybe I'll watch that after I finish Sopranos, but I still got a long uh, I still got a ways to go. I you got a ways got... to go on the Sopranos. I'm I, I'm uh, thinking about uh, rebooting the wire, <laughs> uh, watching that for the second time all the way oh, through because Michael. Right. Uh, Michael K. Williams. Yeah, we should talk about rest in peace. Michael K. Williams, one of the great uh, actors of, you know, the last 15 years, one of the all time great performances uh, from what many people consider to be the best or one of the best television shows of all time. He was, of course, Omar on the wire. Uh, He played Chalky White on uh, Boardwalk Empire, which I haven't seen, but just for, um, for omar alone i mean the and he was the dad in character. uh in lovecraft country too which i i right like, i only watched the first three episodes and then his character gets killed off and i didn't watch anymore after that because i was like well best actor on the show is gone not to spoil it but uh it, trust yeah, me we're, we're saving you a lot of a lot of yeah like, the show had some fusion um yeah but it, it, he's definitely hands down the best actor with a huge facial scar um <clears throat> Uh, right. you know coming in a close second is that guy from Braveheart that's been on everything since then uh, with the, um, but yeah really fucking sad and he's only 54 he was only 54 years old of course all the headlines were like oh drug paraphernalia must have been an overdose it's like it's like immediately immediately black guy it's got to be drugs 
it's got to be the drugs right my so. first thought was was suicide at that age like my i didn't even my mind didn't even go to drug but like i don't think they even released it publicly yet what the cause of, of death was but you know it just yeah. it fucking sucks whatever happened you know could have been a heart attack could have been a stroke like who fucking knows who knows yeah but it's still it's like the way the media portrays it you know phil philip seymour often dies of heroin overdose and it's like oh it's so sad and tragic uh you know uh, uh, any celebrity woman has a drug problem it's like haha stupid bitch got what she deserved right and i like that whole that whole thing like why is it a, why is one a tragedy but the other one's not chris farley dies oh it was so sad why couldn't we have helped him um right. You know, meanwhile, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, shit. I can't remember anyone's name right now. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> right. But no, I, I, I redhead take your with, point. Redhead with the freckles who's always in and out of rehab. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Well, I mean, like you look at the way they like treat even like Anna Nicole Smith's that like any female uh, famous figure. They, they, there's always a, a, like the tinge of like, you know, like, oh, what a skank. What a, you know, she was like a, you know, right. into drugs and like, yeah, it just. Yeah, I, there's there's always a double standard when it comes to that. Um, but it, it's I fucking... remember I remember watching the Anna Nicole Smith show um, when that was on TV. For oh, the whatever. reality show she fucking had. Yeah, yeah, and so I, I was just like, oh my god, she's a real human being. She's actually intelligent, and everyone around her is tearing her apart. And this show is tearing her apart, and I, I, like it was, you could see it. You could see that, like being the celebrity was just everyone trying to get their hook their hooks into her you know and and whatever money they could get from her or whatever favors they could get from right. her like you know couldn't britney spears same thing you know just let's right. let's try to own her as a product as much as possible and just take all of her money and yeah that's fucking scary i don't know it, it like, really is it, it, it and it's horrible to see how much it's uh not only allowed but just like aided by by celebrity culture like how it's just that that's just like an accepted byproduct of celebrity culture is that people will just take advantage of that person forever and not treat them like a human being to the point where they either you know get addicted to drugs or kill themselves or fucking you know have mental breakdown like it's just you know and then people are like well what, well, what? they're fucking nuts what do you expect it's like yeah of course they're f- i would be fucking nuts too if i was you know treated like a fucking circus act and like you know <laughs> made to you know uh, have my life 24 7 you know living a, like it's just you know people are not but wired they're rich anthony how could how bad could their life be if right exactly right, right. that's what and people it's, say it's the, and it, you know we, we've talked about this before same with same same with athletes if there's an athlete that got paid a million dollars for a season uh there there's somebody else that got paid 50 million dollars to you know own the team <laughs> right. right and that's the that's um, the wealth that their labor demanded that's or excuse me that's the uh compensation that their labor demanded and that's what they were able to get for their labor and i guarantee you like you said somebody who did none of the work or artistic enterprise or athletic enterprise made a lot more fucking money from exploiting that person so yeah, they're not the enemy. It's the fucking people above. You know, it's always the it's always the person above that person. That's the fucking. That was real enemy. everyone was like, why why is Prince protesting the record industry? He's rich. It's like uh, he he's getting eighty Penny, cents, eighty cents for, for every fucking album sold. Every every twelve dollar album that Prince sold, he got about eighty cents of that, and the rest went to the fucking suits. Right. So don't don't you know? Let, let's let's think about 
where people get their money from. It's not a problem you, of, of wealth. It's probably about exploitation. Do you know, and just, I know this is getting on a tangent, but so I, the uh, Spotify, which is basically the entire uh, music ecosystem right now outside of touring, which people haven't been able to do because there's a fucking pandemic going on the last two years. Um, there's no album sales anymore. You know, Napster came along and kind of disrupted the market and the market correction. Oh, was, Napster. Which, you know, again, it was going to happen anyway. Metallica's like, going to get them still one day. Lar- Lars is on why. his mission, man. He's going to fucking <laughs> we'll get those motherfuckers. I remember watching them like testifying in court. Now it's oh, like... so fucking lame. I mean, oh. what a lame ass. I mean, my God, man. And then he then they put out fucking some kind of monster, which was just like any remaining credibility they had. is like, you know, not a bunch of fucking bitchy, whiny millionaire. Like, you know, it, it's just whatever. But, but um, and, and you know we're we're saying that you know artists should get paid for what they what they deserve, which is true. But you know you you, you shouldn't go after them. poor people for fucking you know people who have less money and power than you. Right, make. right. Like take your your anger at the industry to the industry, not the fucking poor ass kid that downloaded your song for free because there's a new technology. You right. know that's not their fucking fault. They're fucking. So, they're just. They're trying to listen to your fucking shit, not take your money away. Right, and they can't afford to spend you know fifteen dollars to listen to one single they like, and maybe the rest of the album is a piece of dog shit. Like as was often the case back then uh, with a lot of bands. Uh, it was really the era of like one hit wonder bands. But um, Spotify, which you know again is the primary method of people listening to music you know napster came along and it was like well it's super easy to download music for free so as a music industry we need to make a system that basically replicates that but gets a nominal fee you know to the point where people are willing to pay like i'm willing to pay ten dollars a month to not riddle my computer with viruses and be able to listen to whatever i fucking want you know at any given time without fear of legal reprisal um and they kind of figured out that people are willing to do that and it more or less is the exact same type of interface as like a Napster or LimeWire Kazaa was. Um, but as a consequence of that, uh, rather than just compensate artists based on how many, you know, takes like, oh, well, I pay $9.99 a month to Apple and I listen to this song 10 times and this song five times and this song three times, rather than distribute that $10 or the vast majority of that $10 to those artists based on that listening, they pay uh, between point, uh, 0.3 cents and 0.8 cents per stream to artists, which uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if you realize would take about a million streams to even make. Uh, l- let me let me just run some. Uh, again, I'm not a math surgeon, but let's see. Point. Let's see. Okay, the average is 0.004 dollars a stream. So let's say. That song is listened to a hundred thousand times. That's four hundred dollars. If you have a song that gets listened to a hundred thousand times as an artist, you get four hundred dollars, which then you would have to split amongst the five or six or seven people in your band <laughs> and and your manager. You better hope it's team. not a ska band because that'd be you'd be having. <laughs> right. like, oh man, fuck yeah! Catch twenty two is just making like, like oh, man. Do thirteen dollars. Do we really, do we really need to have two trombones in the same band? Is that really necessary? Right. So you you literally get nothing for any of your music, and and you know, Apple and Spotify and all these other industries that host this music, uh, along with I'm sure your record labels get the vast majority of people's subscription costs. So it, again, it's just 
it's completely fruitless to even release albums anymore, except that you have to then use that new mu- music to go and tour, uh, which again, bands have not been able to do for the last two years. So it's just, it's a completely predatory fucked up industry in every possible way. But um, yeah. Yeah. So let's. um. But now the industry has people like, Yomi Park to you know prop her up, put her on. Um, she gets paid a lot more than four hundred dollars per hundred thousand songs. I think that somebody looked it up. She gets paid uh, twelve thousand five hundred dollars per speech. She yeah, does not a bad deal. No, not She's a bad a deal, deal at all. She's got you know again you know if you are a person from a group or a, a, a you know a marginalized group or a marginalized. Uh, race or marginalized anything or, or if 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 you're anything that people can point to and say look not everyone who's like this believes that you know like a black republican or a, a fucking anti-castro cuban or like just any uh, an anti-climate change scientist and anti-covid denying fucking nurse which are way too many of in this fucking country weirdly um if you are a member of that group your voice will be so um disproportionately elevated to the point where everyone just assumes that that's what everyone in that country or that group or that etc fill in the blank believes because there's a lot of money in making people believe that and you should really always whenever you hear somebody trying to tell you horror stories about another group or another country or another this or another that say what is this person's motive what are the people behind this person's motives and is this all complete bullshit because it usually fucking is that's you know I think the most important thing to take away from this Yomi Kim story. But again, Joe Rogan, all, all he took away was, you know, ooh, fake tits and ooh, you know, man, that's, so that's fucked up. There was another part of her, uh, her spiel, her lie in which, you know, she's talking about how there's just dead bodies everywhere. You know, she's like, oh, there's dead bodies floating in the rivers, dead bodies everywhere. piled, dead bodies piled up at the train station because it's cold and the train doesn't, sh- if the train doesn't show up, people freeze to death. Right, because if you're poor, somehow you're unable to, you know, uh, put clothes on. Apparently, right? No, there's um, no no clothes. I mean, it's hard to put your pants on when your intestines are falling out because you're hungry. I I get that, <laughs> right? Right. But she she says, you know, at one point she's like, well, you know, there's no empathy. There's no empathy in North Korea because everyone's so used to suffering they've just given up, right? And, and you know, you just step over the dead, dead bodies. Um, it's like really, there's no empathy. I thought the the parents were trying to get their kids to not eat the rats because the rats were poisonous. <laughs> no, that's not empathy. Okay, usually when people are su- struggling and suffering, you have more empathy, not less. Um, but then I come across this story where she totally contradicts herself. Uh, headline: North Korean defector says she was robbed by three black women and accused of being racist. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is hilarious. So, uh, you uh, know, me Park lives in Chicago where I live and only fairly recently within the last few years has she lived here. And apparently she got mugged by three black women. And when she tried to call the police, a bunch of white people said she was racist for it. But then like she, like her story again, like you don't know if any of this is fucking true because nothing she says is fucking. So I just want to read a little bit. Um, So a North Korean defector claims she was mugged by three black women outside Chicago's Saks Fifth Avenue store last year. But white bystanders accused her of being racist when she tried to call the police. Uh, Yanami Park, 27, told Joe Rogan's podcast that she was robbed of her wallet 
near the department store on Michigan Avenue during a wave of looting across the city last summer. I mean, well, that happened. I was, I saw that. That happened. Uh, I didn't see anyone get mugged themselves. It was right. people, people taking stuff from store shelves. I didn't right. see a single person who actually was uh, accosted in any way. Department stores and et cetera, right. Park, who has been outspoken on woke culture, claims she grabbed <laughs> hold of one of the women and was trying to call police, but bystanders intervened. She claims about 20 people, many who she said were white, accused her of being racist for blaming the women for mugging her. Um, they were telling me that the color of their skin doesn't make them a thief, Park said. Calling a black person a thief is racist, she continued claiming that's what they were telling her right. part claims the women she was trying to rest restrain started punching her i tried to call the police and they prevented me from calling the police that's when i was thinking this country has lost it she added anybody can become a murderer or a thief but it just happened to be a black woman Park claimed that if the same incident had happened in north korea the bystand that bystanders would have helped the victim immediately really because Five minutes ago, she just said, there's no empathy in North Korea. And <laughs> right. if people saw you dying in the street with your organs hanging out, they wouldn't fucking do shit. And they just let the dogs and the rats get you. Right. But but now she's like, oh, this country's this woke culture is so terrible that, you know, that nobody will help me. A poor so, North Korean woman for being. <laughs> it's like, I can't even go to Saks Fifth of, Avenue without being. Yeah. <laughs> this reeks of like that Jussie Smollett fucking made up, completely made up story. So you're telling me there are 20 white bystanders witnessing what they thought, according to you, was your racially profiling three black women, and none of them happen to pull out their cell phone and record it. Because that happens every day in this fucking country. We see a video online. And of, of these 20 white night white people that were trying to stop you from detaining these these black women who had robbed you, none of them happen to have filmed this interaction. That's just very, very curious, you know. Uh it, some would even say completely improbable or unlikely or impossible but um yeah no the, the, she just clearly like that is like the the that is a story that a right winger would make up to to like like oh just the other day this happened you wouldn't believe this the woke culture is out of control like no that didn't fucking happen like of course that didn't fucking happen i just love that like you know, for for all of her bashing, uh, you know, communist country as being, you know, uh, cold and uncaring that like all it takes is a little bit of racism for suddenly like the communist country is way better than black people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, look, and, well, that's the thing is like she, her, her primary mission was to make shit up about her, her home country. But then it was like, well, you know, if we're paying you. You also got to just do the Candace Owens bit. You got to you got to rally against woke culture and and comp you know the the like you know twitter socialists and you know like that just it's just a very confusing thing for someone who's not used to that sort of um propaganda and constant you know like that verbiage to 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 drive yeah. all of those those things that none of which you actually hold in your head whatsoever You're just well it's it's clear that you know, I, I I read a bunch more about her, and I this this one paragraph from a you know sort of an expose on her kind of stood out here. Um, this article, I don't forget where it's from, the but diplomat, I believe. It was, yeah, it was a good uh, yeah, that article, that article. Park uh, Park went on to point out uh, the top and checkered pants her mother is wearing were all imported from Japan. Quote and adds, my mom even carried around a Chanel bag in North Korea. To which the host responds incredulously. 
there are Chanel bags in North Korea? <laughs> Park tells him there are, and and he then asks another woman if she classified Park's family as rich. The w- woman answer is, yes, that's right. <laughs> so, again, this somebody who came from a wealthy family, from a socialist country, who then leaves the country to complain about how, you know, bad poor people have it. Right. There. And, when, and, and when, her- when, you know, and making shit up all along the way that they never saw. And then some other rich fucking white guy is like, whoa, that's fucked up. Fucked so, up, so like he was begging for ho- food while his organs were hanging out. Yeah. There so, you have so, it. So you're, and you're, you, you, you didn't have money to give this kid since your family was so rich. You had fucking Chanel bags in North Korea somehow. Um, and her father was arrested apparently for like illegal smuggling. Cause like they weren't trading with China at the time. And, you know, and then she was claiming her mother was ex publicly executed for watching a Western DVD. Although multiple times it was like, once it was like she's told multiple people that it was like a South Korean DVD, but then she told other people it was a James Bond movie, and like she can't seem to get her story straight. And then she'll always claim that it was just um, uh, a language barrier issue, not that she just you know can't keep her fake story straight. And there are multiple examples throughout that article and a couple of other articles about just complete contradictions to what she's told, which call into question everything she's told. Um, and again, you know, this we, we really highlight this because, A, it was so fucking funny and ridiculous, but B, these people are a dime a dozen, people that will lie on behalf of imperialism and on behalf of, you know, capitalist corporate interests in the United States. Um, and you have to be skeptical of everything you hear, like, because you just... It, Everything is fucking bullshit. Like everything that gets a platform that size publicly should be looked at with a skeptical eye because, you know, there's usually a reason behind it, especially when it comes to information about foreign countries where information is hard to get. Otherwise, uh, you should be very skeptical of them. Well, and when she tells the story about getting mugged, it like something happened because she talks about it in the past tense. She says, I was robbed by these three black women. Right. That's that's like. But when she talks about North Korea, she says we have to go to Well River to bring drinking water. And there is a young teenage boy, I think, lying down and his intestines are coming out. You think like what (laughs) you 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 don't know. Let me check my script. Hang on. I'm pretty sure sure. sure if you ever saw a human being with their organs hanging out, that would be a I, I on this particular day in question on this on this date. When this when the weather was this way, right. and I remember the smell I was of, on, of this was on the air. You know, this, this was the exact. You would remember every fucking detail of that day, and it would be frozen into your brain. It would be etched into the fucking surface of the moon of your brain. Uh, and she's like, I, I think, like I don't right. know, I don't know. Right. But she's talking about this this fucking mugging, and she claimed in her interview with Rogan that um, that authorities did track down a suspect. Uh, by reviewing surveillance footage and tracking her credit cards. So those, you know, again, like that, that sounds like a real story. It sounds like it happened. Uh, but then she suggested authorities would not prosecute them, uh, these three women, because there was so much crime in Chicago. They just wouldn't get around to it. Uh, oh, yeah, but, that seems plausible. <laughs> right. Well, again, like, let's 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 do the Fox News racist narrative. But uh, a report from CWB Chicago, however, shows that a Letitia Harris, age 29, was sentenced to two years in prison in connection with the mugging. Oh, so, okay. So she just lied completely about the fact that they wouldn't prosecute or wouldn't 
you know, go after this person. Right. Right. So it, it sounds like she did get mugged or at least accosted in some way. And right. there was a prosecution and a conviction. Um, but again, she can't just like say that she's got to turn it into another lie right because that makes it sound like the justice system actually works in chicago which is not you know what the and again you know not far be it for me to say that the chicago pd aren't one of the biggest terrorist organizations in the country but yeah that that's the that's the narrative that the right wing wants to push that chicago is just fucking you know it's just escape from new york it's just a fucking apocalyptic wasteland of people just you know pulling you out of your car and raping you and robbing you and beating the shit out of you for no reason and fuck you know like it's just yeah and that's not what new york's like that's what florida's like come on let's, <laughs> right, be, right. let's be reasonable that's, a, that's actually what florida the libertarian like. utopia um, that is texas you know where where uh you know you have all these wonderful freedoms to carry a gun wherever you fucking feel like but you can't have an abortion oh man well you know speaking of freedom we should before we get out of here we, we did want to touch on uh of course it is the uh 20th anniversary of 9-11 coming up in just a few days maybe maybe today if you're listening to this in a few days and uh we, we just kind of wanted to you know recap kind of our memories of the time and of the the, the aftermath and things like that and you know talk well, about think, you know we as a nation have learned so much in the last 20 years <laughs> oh yeah no completely <laughs> absolutely um Whee! <laughs> well you know i mean we do have probably a lot of younger listeners who who you know i'm not saying we have that many listeners that weren't born at the time but we certainly have listeners who were too young to remember 9-11 or too young to have like you know strong memories of that time uh and luckily we're old fucks so we have a little bit of a, a you know recall when it comes to that time period um and just what a fucking horrible dystopian like awful time it was in this country post 9 11 um you know just and we've talked a little bit on the show before but i remember just constant like you know people would like like the big thing that I, in my area was like people were buying these uh fl american flag like car flags that you'd stick like in the in the yeah, groove the of your back window the support the troop magnets well that, yeah. those too but like yeah people had like flags on each side of their like rear passenger window that you'd like roll it up into the window so it would stay like that was a big thing in my area too um walmart of course sold those um and it, it was just a very like grossly patriotic time there were a lot of like in pop culture and in news and in like you know it, it was just so fucking like like gauche and taboo a taboo to like say anything mildly critical of the united states or of the u.s government or the u.s military or of the fact that we were oh yeah being lied into two bullshit wars with countries that didn't attack us on 9-11 uh one of which we just ended uh and one of which I, we never really ended like we're still there but like not really doing largest much. u.s embassy in the world baghdad right, right. We'll just be there forever. Um, you know, that's our, that's our, that's our state now. Um, yeah, it was just a real fucking weird time. Like I, I, you know, uh, on nine 11 itself, I was like, fuck, how old was I? I was, uh, 89, uh, 13, eh, 12. I was, I was 12 about to turn 13. I was in class at the time. And like, they didn't tell us at the school what happened. And that could, and I, I talked to a lot of people like, oh no, they called us into an assembly. Like they didn't do that for us. But I also, 
I lived in New York at the time, like in a suburb of, of New York city. Um, so there's a good re- there's a good chance that people didn't like the administrators decide not to do that because a lot of people who went to that school probably had like families in, in the world trade center or like could have had, you know, potentially could have had like, like parents that worked there. So, I mean, maybe that was a consideration as to why they didn't tell us, but, um, but my, like my parent, a lot of people's parents like came and picked them up and like pulled them out of school, like, so they can go home. And it was, a, it was just a real weird fucking go home time. and watch the, uh, the, the tragedy porn, uh, on right, right. Just 24 next... seven for the next month on, yeah. on every channel, which, oh, that's another thing. People like, it, it wasn't just like, oh, every news channel, like your local five, six, seven, nine, eleven, like it was every channel, like fucking TNT, TBS mtv like every channel was just covering like their parent company and actually you know it's funny because like that was the first time i think i realized like oh like like six companies own every media station and like form of um media consumption in the world because like every channel would just be running their parent company's affiliate news network you know what i mean like like mtv which was owned by viacom which oh, yeah. be run like it was just it was really weird like how how like you could not find anything to take your mind off of like one of the most horrific things you could witness you know at at that you know time like just it, it like just constantly showing the oh, shit. i remember i remember people getting mad about how many times they had to watch the footage and i was just i was like you can just turn it off right like you don't have to watch tv if it's bothering you that much but right. you know the big thing that i always wondered was you know like they're clearly showing us caesar's mm. bloody robe over and over and over right to get us all fucking frothing at the mouth to go to war um but they you know 80 different cameras films whatever the fuck hit the pentagon and we've still never seen any of those so like why would you want to show us one ad nauseum but the other one it's like nope can't show you that one that's right. a secret which like, which unlike the world trade center sustained like superficial damage in the grand scheme of things you know and I don't think of one of those hijacked planes didn't hit the Pentagon, but why would they run around to like all the fucking cameras in the vicinity, you know, gas station security camera, fucking, uh, you know, Maryland highway, uh, you know, there's a freeway that runs right there. They have fucking cameras all over the freeway. Why would they go around confiscating all those? And 20 years later, still not show us anything except for the five frames of footage from a fucking uh, a parking gate camera where you can't actually see anything except for a big fucking explosion right. that comes out of nowhere. Right. Like what, what was, <laughs> I have so many questions and you know, for a long time I was like, Oh, this is all conspiracy. And you know, it's all whatever. Um, I never got to the point where I was like, Oh no, it was a hologram. The planes weren't real. No, it was no, just a project. Uh, but you know, we know there was hijackers. We know that uh, FBI knew who they were, knew they were in the country. were monitoring them, but not really. You know, not really keeping tabs on them too closely. Um, knew they were going they were to from Saudi Arabia. Flights. Yeah, knew they were from Saudi Arabia. Uh, they were going to flight school, <laughs> which, you know, kind of a little bit of a red flag. You have a bunch of people going to flight school. Um, very interested in trying to fly the plane, but not land the plane. <laughs> bit of a tell there. Wait, wait, wait. Don't you want to? Don't you want? You got you to gotta learn the last part. No, don't, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I I, I got the gist of it. I think, look, I, I know, took off. It's the same. You just do it in reverse. I, I always stick the landing. We don't need to worry about that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I, just questions about how the, they flew these planes into those towers because they were going top speed 
at a very low altitude. Yeah, not, not super fucking easy to fly a plane. It shouldn't be possible to keep a plane, because those, those planes go, you know, they approach the speed of sound when they're at like 30, 35,000 feet up, where the atmosphere is really thin. You can't fly a plane that big, that fast, at that low of an altitude with any degree of, of accuracy or stability I mean, unless you were an extremely experienced pilot, which they clearly were not. So I just, again, I have so many questions that have never been answered and will never get answered. Uh, and just like in general, I think the country got tired of, you know, even wanting to think about it. It was it was just like, I, you know, whatever. It's it's such a huge it's this is a fucking Kennedy assassination. We'll right. never really know. We'll, we'll like we got a good idea about who the players were there, but we're never going right. to know for sure exactly how much more there was to know right because right and you're just pretty sure that like the only thing we really know is like especially with the kenny assassination like it definitely didn't happen exactly the way that 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 the federal government wants you to think it happened like maybe it was lee harvey oswald maybe it wasn't maybe it was him and three other people maybe it like you we're never gonna fucking know but the shit like the the fact of the matter is there's a lot of things that make you think like oh well that's fucking weird like oh that doesn't make sense like oh that's really shady why would george bush be in in texas but not remember where he was on the day that kennedy was you know etc etc like there's just so many little details like that when he was the cia director um we'll never fucking know but i'm pretty sure like we don't know the exact truth like there, there's grains of truth and everything that we know but the, again we won't know the exact truth um i'm pretty sure they shot down that 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 fourth hijacked plane the one that crashed in the field know. i mean that's that's what they I, i've read things that basically say that like there's there's not really a way for them to shoot down a commercial airliner <laughs> the I way don't, that i don't were. fucking know about i, I read that. one article that was like oh that you know the only option they had would be to crash one of their fighter jets into the plane to take it down it's just like i don't know like that's that seems weird to me it's it seems like they've got air-to-air guided yes, missiles yes on of those course jets. They, i mean like, we've used them could. in every fucking country in the middle east yeah like. um, we we've shot down iranian commercial airliners right um, like 20 years prior like from, we would, from the from the grounds right right yeah. Um, uh, but it's just, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it, it's, it was so visually catastrophic, right. uh, that it, it's like questions didn't need to be answered. It was just, this is the most dramatic thing that anyone has ever seen ever in the world. And it, we have a, a license to go kill whoever we want for the next 20 years now because of that. <laughs> right and you know i mean you notice that they didn't they didn't crash planes into the statue of liberty remember? No. like remember they said oh they hate they hate our freedoms they hit our freedoms like really because i'm pretty they sure they they hit our fucking our focal point of capitalism and our focal point of militarism so like <laughs> you know and, and right. clearly the people who died in those planes and those buildings did not deserve it um no right we're not saying you know these people were righteous in what they did but like they weren't like they they clearly twisted their intentionality yeah i mean those buildings have been responsible or the 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 actions carried out in those buildings uh and buildings like them for decades centuries prior uh have been fucking with the middle east fucking with the global south fucking with third world countries for a long damn time you know and when i once it was clear that it was terrorists 
and we didn't know exactly who it was. It was like, look, I, I you know, generally feel terrible for everyone who lost their lives and their loved ones, but America had it fucking coming. <laughs> okay. And I've been watching all these brand new 9-11 documentaries, you know, every streaming service from Amazon, Hulu, Netflix, they all have their own uh, brand new 9-11 documentary series. And it's clear from watching all of them that we have not learned a motherfucking thing. (laughs) Because every single one makes America look like the hapless victim, that this just came out of nowhere. There's no historical context except for the one Netflix did. And they dialed the history back to all the way to 1979 to show that, yes, we used to support the Taliban, but we were forced to because we had to stop communism. So it's not our fault. Right, right, right. That was was the only historical context they were willing to go into. Right. And, you know, you watch all these interviews with people who were just, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know why I was spared that day and so many others lost their lives like that, that fake fucking thing so that people do with the guilt. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I don't believe in that shit. If I got out of there, I'd be like, I'm fucking glad my ass lived. Yeah, I feel no, bad. I feel bad, but I'm not, you know, no one feels bad that they lived. Right. It's just that they want to. Yeah, I, I, nobody really has the idea the oh, well, it should have been me thing like that's. Yeah. That's a I fucking thing people see in movies, and then right. they think that they have to say it because they don't know what else to say when someone wants to interview them. Right. <laughs> right. The, it's the cop thing that they do when they kill somebody where they, they you know, oh, it was him or me. Like, you have to convince yourself of that to make it not seem right. as horrific. Right. So all the all this footage, you know, people 20 years ago, and then all the interview footage, it, it like totally matches up because people are like, I can't believe this happened here. Like, this is supposed to be what we do to other countries, not what they do to us. <laughs> right. right and then you watch them 20 years later and they're saying the exact same things they're just like you know this this was this is not what america's supposed to be about america's supposed to supposed to be about us winning you know not us losing this was this is a, a day we had to come together <coughs> and it's just like and i know that they're interviewing these people specifically because they have these opinions like there's a reason why if you do a, a, a series on 9-11 for the 20-year anniversary uh, and you're a big media corporation, why you put those people out there and, you know, the, the people who represent, um, you know, the victims of U.S. imperialism are nowhere to be found in any of these documentary series. You know, it, it's there's a, there's a very deliberate reason for that. And I love I just love like when, you know, as you said, like every Every network had to like, uh, you know, sort of shoehorn their way into nine eleven in weird ways. Right. There's that great onion ad <laughs> of for uh, Subway <laughs> sandwiches, or it's like fly in to take advantage of our nine <laughs> eleven <laughs> special. This and it's like t- the fucking World Trade Center is like now two Subway sandwiches, oh, and you're well, they're flying the thing. But like you'll see people really do this. This is a guy. Fucking guy's named John Oranger, who founded Shutterstock, tweeted out the other day, on 9-11, I looked up and I saw the second plane hit the World Trade Center. I can still feel the searing heat from that explosion. Like, really? That's It's been a while. I don't know if you can actually feel that. <laughs> I should get that looked at. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, something wrong there. That day changed my entrepreneurial journey forever. Oh, Here is my story. Tweet, tweet one of ten. <laughs> Good fucking lord! Like re- you're really going to use that to promote your fucking website? Like his entrepreneurial journey. 
like it's so gross. Like I don't even That's know any so Instagram. I don't even know any Instagram influencers that still use the word entrepreneurial. Like that's just oh, like so that's dirty. so fucking mega cringe on top of mega cringe, and then he's trying to like say, you know, tie it into nine eleven. Do you remember? <laughs> so I, the other thing that younger listeners may not remember is there was a list of like more or less banned songs. Uh, oh, blacklisted, yeah, right, yeah, so I remember Cle- that list. Clear Channel, who's the the biggest telecom, uh, or at least at the time, I think they still might be the biggest like telecom group in the world. They they control almost the entirety of the radio airwaves in this country at a time where radio was like the primary source for music. You know, we really didn't have streaming. We didn't have a ton of digital music to talk about. Uh, we just had radio for the most part. And it was had still, Napster and LimeWire. That was, uh, was it, it, it was still in its infancy. <laughs> I mean, like it was around, but it wasn't, you know, that was kind of like the early days of those things. Like that was, that was like me and you were doing that shit, but like our parents weren't, did didn't know what the fuck napster what you know like that was still kind of early days of that um but so yeah but radio was obviously you know, if you wanted your then. favorite song and you were willing to wait you know 35 minutes to download it it was yours right right so that's why you would download you know metallica enter the sandman.exe and like oh yeah this seems like it's the right one <laughs> like you know and then your computer would be just riddled with fucking viruses and like porn pop-ups and things that you didn't download it's like oh great um but uh <laughs> no so uh yeah they had a list of songs and they said they weren't actually banned quote unquote but they were suggest and you know when clear channel hands down directive every station fucking treats it as if it was gospel they don't consider it um a, a suggestion they consider it a decree um so it just this is from the wikipedia article about the list because it's a really funny list and i won't read all the songs because it's pretty long but um this list contains 165 suggestions including a single suggestion for every song in rage against the machines catalog (laughs) as well as certain songs recorded by multiple artists for example bob dylan's knocking on heaven's door and the version by guns and roses in some cases, only certain versions of, of the uh, song were included on the list. For example, the cover of Smooth Criminal by Alien Ant Farm is on the list, while the original recording by Michael Jackson is not. <laughs> so the one Why? that was made by Why a pedophile is not on the list, but the one that was made by some shitty new metal band is, is, too, is too dark. For, what, for... what about that song was controversial in regard to 9-11? Ah, you've been hit by a smooth... It, th- this list is preposterous. It's got happy songs it's got sad songs as songs that just say the word crash or hit or like attack in it like totally unreal like it's it's just so preposterous like the 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 things that they dancing in the street uh last kiss that song uh the pearl jam cover wasn't included but the original song was included uh last kiss um well the one i remember was that they banned john lennon's imagine oh yeah it it was about uh, you know, not waging war, and what if there's no heaven? Which, if there's two things America cannot abide by, it's atheism and peace. <laughs> so that one had to go. Well, you could tell there were like songs that were done, like ACDC, shot down in flames, where you could say, like, I don't agree with this list at all, but like you could see their rationale for putting that on there. And then you could say, then you look at a song, like you said, like like an anti-war song, like Imagine, where it was like, oh well you know or or like what a wonderful world by louis armstrong like what what is this fucking list like it's so bizarre uh the the beatles there, there's four beatles songs included and it's the most bizarre fucking list a day in the life 
Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Obla Di Obla Da, and Ticket to Ride, which I, I just I, try to even figure out like Ticket to I Ride. Mean, you can maybe say to like, ride on a plane, right? Maybe like uh, what, what is Obla Di Obla Da? Because it's I think that was like clear channel guy being like, I hate that fucking song. Just put it on the list. I don't care. Oh, yeah. It doesn't have anything to do. Guarantee. My fucking ex-girlfriend loved that song. I'm banning it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the refrain of that song is, you know, life goes on. So that's probably, you know, oh, life goes on, but not for my daddy. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, so... like anything that's that's about death is bad. Anything about like living is bad like oh like weird what We're... what weird purgatory world do we have to live in now because a tragedy happened where nothing can be good or bad geez war pigs by black sabbath on the list i wonder why that was put on the list <laughs> fucking probably well, that's a pro-war song no no it's an anti-war song well, that's gotta oh, go right nothing to do with planes or crap you know just 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 straight up like oh no we're well, we're about to embark on some hardcore what about fucking... uh what about dave matthews band crash into me what about that one uh make the list not on the list actually uh yeah according wow. to wikipedia not on the list right you would think it would be <laughs> um, that, was a, that was a popular song back then i'm assuming you know, it you know what's weird though the only creedence clearwater revival song is traveling band that's the only band song on that list i could not i mean is it because they may be traveling on an airplane like none of their anti-war songs on there you didn't put fortunate son on that like it's just a very like schizophrenic list. I don't fully understand, but it's just such a weird fucking um, weird time. Green, the only Green Day song, which is uh, Brains Do, which is funny because they would write an album like the year after, which would probably every song on that album would have made this list, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, but Brains well, Do is the only you know, one. Speaking of the time that I remember, uh, you know, it was it was like just how much worse are things going to get? Not, not like more terrorist attacks, but like how many more wars are going to start, you know? Cause I think everyone was kind of like, okay, well we got to bomb somebody. I remember on the news that day on nine 11, there were reports. We already were bombing Afghanistan on nine 11. Right. And people were like, we, we didn't know. Are we retaliating already? Like what's going on? You know? And of right. course, you know, we, we waited a few months <laughs> and, um, you know, the Bush administration, uh, to their credit, I guess you want to say credit, um, rather than acting unilaterally, uh, called up all the leaders of other countries to bully them into joining their coalition right, and willing right. and, you know, told every country, if you're not with us, you're against us, which is, you know, again, it's just like it, there's there's a new bully sheriff in town. Uh, you, you don't want to cross him. But, you know, by the by, you know, a year later, we're going to Iraq, too. It was right. like, what? You know, like that. This is crazy. What the? What the? They don't have any weapons of mass destruction. It's like you got to you got you to give up your weapons of mass destruction. We don't have any. Well, if you don't give them up, then we're going to attack you. It's like I have none to give you. What are you talking about? Like that? It's 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 the fucking. It's you know Jack Palance throws a gun down. Pick up the gun. I, I don't want any trouble, Mister. Pick up the gun. Oh, and then as soon as he does, he shoots him. He's like, you saw him. He had a gun. Favorite Bill Hicks bit. Right. Um. And just I remember I was working in a pizza shop when we started to uh, bomb Baghdad. And in the pizza shop, we had this huge fucking like massive stereo to listen to music to. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> we just had it on the news because none of us could believe it was really going to happen. We're just like, this is this is fucking crazy. Like we're we're Nazi Germany invading poland invading france right now like what the fuck are we doing right and we're listening on the speaker the sound of these bombs 
And this is, this is a big fucking sound system we had in this pizza shop. Like, we never really turned it up super loud, but we had it up all the way. And just, like, the walls were shaking <laughs> because, you know, these bombs were the size, you know, that you could take down an entire city block. Right. I'm sure you've seen the footage or you heard the footage well, And before. they were showing it on the news. Like, it was, that was the weirdest thing is they were just showing, like, the footage of our bombing in the middle of the night on the news, like, which which was seemed pretty new for the time i mean i i don't i certainly don't remember that happening on television before that but it was very much like oh well look this is like it was the subliminal thing of like well you know we we made you watch all that tragedy porn with all the 9-11 coverage well this is the retribution even though they had literally nothing to do with 9-11 they you know did, don't even fucking support oh, yeah. the taliban but like well, it's this just- is this is back when you know we we were you know the victors and the victim Right. right. This was this was back when this war was going to take six months and we were going to be greeted as liberators. <clears throat> so the media was the media was all about showing it. Right. Right. Yeah. And then once it turned into a quagmire, then it was like, eh, not so good for ratings. Let's let's hide that shit. Let's hide right. that shit. Right. Because like, people staying around for 15 years without a fucking clue what their mission is. Not so good for ratings, it turns out. Uh, that's kind of depressing to watch and think about. So, you know, but on day one, uh, seeing Saddam's Baghdad Palace get blown the fuck up in the middle of the night, you know, that's that's war porn. That's great for ratings. We fucking love that shit. Uh, you know, and they people always say, well, that you know, the majority of Americans supported that at the time. It's like, well, because you told them to, because you right. lied to them. You lied them into having a hard-on for invading a country and bombing it back to the stone age the majority um, of americans right now oppose joe biden pulling troops out of or you know the close the the close to 50 50 you know majority of, of americans now don't support pulling troops out of afghanistan even though as of earlier this year it was polling at like a plus 20 that people supported withdrawing from afghanistan so yeah it's like you said it's because you fucking told them to you you've 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 lied to them nonstop 24 7 breathlessly you know basically crying on the air decrying this this idea that we're not gonna just occupy these countries forever but yeah that that's the entire fucking function of the u.s media is to just not only to manufacture consent for war but to like viciously and violently defend that war for the rest of time and anyone that opposes an opposing viewpoint is to be marginalized and is to be made to look like a crazy person or, you know, a commie or et cetera, et cetera. Like that's the entire purpose. Do you, of do you history, remember the man. weapons inspectors? Do you remember before the Iraq war? Oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was constantly, they were talking about, well, Iraq kicked the weapons they inspectors out. They won't let them in inspect things. Right. And it was, that was like the big litmus test for, you know, Iraq has to let the weapons inspectors back in to prove they don't have WMDs. And if they don't do that, then we're going to start bombing. And it was like they had a deadline. They had to let him back in and they never kicked him out in the first place. Right. That was all it was, a lie. That was it was all a fucking lie. And in fi- one video was, they kept showing of people being like not allowed into an area. And this and they're like, look, this is our weapons inspectors not being allowed. Right. To inspect, like. right. And I remember that I was just like, but they're 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 complying. But we're not sending the weapons inspectors back to inspect anything. So they're doing what we demanded of them, and we're still going to bomb them. We're still going to kill hundreds of thousands of people, uh, you know, just like Bush's daddy did. You know, they left Kuwait as we demanded, and that wasn't good enough. So we had to follow them on that high wave death and kill tens of thousands more people. 
as they were retreating, doing what we had demanded. Right. So that that's that's our foreign policy is even when you do what we we tell you to, we're still going to kill more of you. Even if we're pulling all of our troops out of Kabul on our way out, we're going to fucking uh, drone strike to death one last family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, luckily we've learned a lot since then. We're not doing that anymore. Yeah. So, so it's, I mean, just, just the day of 9-11 was so fucking crazy. Like I, nothing else. There's no other day in our lives like that. No, like no. I, I remember, I remember when the Challenger blew up, I was too young to really understand media. Um, but I, I was, you know, distinctly aware of the, like they were showing the same footage on every single channel. Now, back then you only had like four channels, right. but it was still weird to see. You know, because I didn't know how long this space shuttle had been around for. I thought it was like, eh, this is like an extra bad plane crash. But I'm sure we've been here before, right? Oh, no, no, we no. haven't. Okay, this is this is extra fucked up, right? Um, But yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I remember coming downstairs. I slept through the whole thing on 9-11. Came downstairs and, you know, to tell you how, how long ago this was, uh, the house I was living in with roommates at the time had an answering machine. Wow. <laughs> we had a landline phone. And uh, there was like, I think, 27 messages on the machine. And I'm like, whoa, what the, this is the fucking World War Three start? <laughs> I remember thinking that. <laughs> uh, and the first message was, wasn't was for me. It was for the guy with the landline. And it was, the message just said, like, uh, Brian, turn on the TV. Next message. Brian, turn on the TV right now and call me. <laughs> Next message. Brian, call me. Like, it was, so I'm like, what's going on? So I flip hmm. on the TV. And, you know, the first shot I see is of a Navy frigate. And someone's talking over the footage of this Navy frigate, uh, but the crawler at the bottom says, uh, U.S. Navy deployed to New York Harbor. And I'm like, they have a base there. Why would they be deployed there? Right. That's the place they would be deployed from, not to. And So I'm confused as all hell. I'm like, what's going on? And next shot is a shot of the World Trade Center. And one building's completely obscuring the other. And the building in front's on fire with smoke coming out at the very top of it. And but I couldn't I couldn't quite tell what building it was because I couldn't you can't see the top or the bottom, right? And when they're not next to each other, it's right. it just looks like one building. And there's this plane coming in, very slow, or at least from the angle look very slow, and it disappears behind the two buildings and doesn't come out the other side. And I'm like, where'd the plane go? And it's it's like a good two seconds go by, and then you see the the big ball right. of fire expand out. But it's it's still it's behind the first building, and I'm like, is that the World Trade Center? <laughs> <laughs> and it cut yeah. to something else, and something else, and something else. At some point, I realized that I had like I I had been standing, and then I, I kind of looked around me and realized that like I was laying on the floor, like I had <laughs> some, somehow like collapsed. And was just like on all fours with my face, like almost pressed up against the TV. Just right. like, oh my god! I think I think oh we all had a similar god. experience. We were just oh fucking, my fucking god! Like what the fuck? What the and fuck is happening? I remember, um, you know, I called into work and I'm like, "Do I have to work today?" And they were like, <laughs> "They're like, well, there's no customers here, but we would like you to at least come in, uh, you know, because we don't know what's going to happen later." And I get there and there's literally no customers. Everyone's watching the news. Right. They're like, they're like, yeah, you can leave. You can go home. <laughs> um, and I remember um, I, I got like a 
Burger King or something like that, stopped at a friend's house, and they were all like, America deserved this. And I'm like, yeah, I agree, but like, show some empathy. This is fucked up on day one. Um, right. <laughs> and then, like, my roommate was pissed off because um, he was supposed to go see Tool that night, and they canceled the show. <laughs> and I was like, you're mad that they canceled the show on 9-11 he's like yeah it's it's fucked up but like why do they have to cancel the concert i'm like dude like what the fuck is wrong with you there were no i mean there were no events for like two weeks like everyone's like terrified of gathering in a big gathering because like this is this is fucking i mean how could you even think about going to a fucking concert? Like, what are you going to fucking sing about? Right. Like, <laughs> also, I, I wouldn't want to go. Like, at that time, you didn't know who the fuck, like, what the fuck was happening. It was like, oh, like, that'd be like getting mad about your flight getting canceled later that day. Like, oh, can you believe they wouldn't fucking let us take off? Like, yeah, all right, they, that's fine. They grounded every single like, airplane in the country for the first time in U.S. history. Right. They, can't, they canceled fucking football. <laughs> like, you know it's bad if they cancel football. Yeah. Um, which had never happened before either up until, you know, COVID. Uh, and just, I was like, how fucking selfish do you got to be to to watch the footage that we all just watched and the thing that you're the most upset about is your your Tool concert is getting rescheduled. <laughs> like, oh, how many man. times have you seen that band? Oh, seven times? Oh, eighth time got fucked up by uh, the, the single greatest act of terrorism in world history. Man, you don't get it, though. Like, the 15-minute <laughs> bass solo is just, it doesn't hit the same if you're listening to it on record. You gotta go there. Dude, man, Danny Carey, just fucking, you gotta, you gotta be there um, for it. No, but, and, <laughs> yeah, I, and, and that was just such a weird thing because we all were like, it, it happens kind of far apart. Like, and and by the time the second one hit, we were all just watching news coverage lives that happened, and like nobody fucking knew how to react to that shit on air. It was just a very like weird shared trauma that everyone fucking has in this country who was of a certain age uh, at that time. Oh yeah, um, and they. Yeah, well, I remember used that. Um, I was listening to it on the radio um when i was driving to work and back because that was back when i still drove a car and just, just here they kept like running audio clips um over and over of like the moments when people were you know like newscasters were watching a live feed and being like oh my god is that another plane you know oh my god holy right. shit and they were, they were like saying like with well, this we haven't edited this so just you know discre- right. you know listener discretion advised and then it's, it's just hilarious to hear people that were you know, like newscasters that are able to uh, self-censor uh, when they're watching something that horrifying, um, saying like, oh, my gosh, this is this is oh, not looking good. And it's just like, what? Right. Are you a human? Like, are you a person? Are you... Like, and then there were certainly people that were like, yeah, what the fu-? like, yeah, like the, the real yeah. humans, you know, the people having regular human reactions to uh, seeing thousands of people incinerated in an instant. Uh, and then people are like, hmm, that's. That's gonna be a problem. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Man, fucked up. But um, yeah, I you know, I, I uh the other the, just the one other crazy thing I wanted to mention is that I don't think people realize how much horrible just dog shit patriotic music was like on the radio twenty four seven in the months that like I, uh... you know there's there's well, toby keith you're gonna put a boot in your ass like what yeah this, we're gonna put a boot in your you ass know. that's the american way there was fucking proud to be fetish, an american but... <laughs> right i mean look i won't judge but uh no there's that uh proud to be an american song like which i, I don't even think was written 
uh, the oh, Lee no, Greenwood no. song. That, that was like an older that song. Written, that got written for the first Gulf War. Right. And that just got, they ran it back like we ran the Gulf War back. You know, it was a, well, we got to break this thing out of, uh, take this thing out of mothballs. Um, yep. And there Get was that. out there for the NASCAR rally. I was, and I was telling you the other day, and I think you had memory hold this, or maybe you had never even heard it. Uh, this that song "Have You Forgotten" by Daryl Worley, which was like just a preposterous, uh, fucking lyric. Like I, I was just looking at the lyrics while we were talking. Uh, uh, have you? This is the chorus of the song. Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten uh, when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside, going through a living hell. And you say we shouldn't worry about Bin Laden? Have you forgotten? like that's the fucking that's the sort of shit that which was just written clearly about like suburban white people's perspectives of 9-11 like that's what that whole song is about it's so fucking bizarre like what and that was what what was passed along as like this is the acceptable like media you'll you will consume during this time period None right, of that. the one period of uh, American uh, political discourse where suddenly uh, white suburbans were very concerned about the well-being of uh, East Coast elitist liberals, <laughs> like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, Wall Street's looking out for your best interests. Right, when they get attacked, we're all under attack. We're all under attack. Right. All right. Well, so I, fun yeah. fact. Uh, so I was watching. I've been watching all these documentaries just because you know, like maybe maybe there's something more to learn that I didn't know right. and. Uh, I, I did learn one new thing. Um, and this is like one of those things they don't talk about because, you know, like, like all the people jumping out of the windows, right? Like they never really explained that they just said, well, it was either burn to death or fall to death. And it's like, most of those people didn't make a conscious choice. They were clinging to the outside of the building cause they couldn't breathe. Right. And, it wasn't like, well, I guess I should just let go of the building and, and fall to my death now. It was the building was so hot, they couldn't hold on to it any longer. Because well, it was all fucking metal. Like, the whole building was, like, right. metal and, yeah. And, and like, they don't they don't really talk about that because it makes it even just more uh, horrific, fucking yeah. horrific to think that, like, the, the skin on their hands oh, would have been God. melting to the point where they couldn't physically hold on to something right. anymore. Ugh. Um but one other, and I already knew all that. Like I knew all that, but this was something I didn't know. Forty uh, percent of the people who died at the World Trade Center were never found. No remains whatsoever. Hmm. Just totally incinerated when the initial pulverized, pressure. right? Pulverized, where they were they were crushed flat by so much weight that you know their their bones, their blood, everything was flattened, Ugh. completely two dimensional, and there was nothing to be recovered. You know, right. maybe maybe a, a brown stain. Right. And there was Which, so much dust. There was so much dust in all of it that, like, you may never have even found that stain. Right. That that's just what became of them. Almost right. half, 40 percent. That's a lot. No yeah. remains ever, ever found. Yeah. So Probably everyone you know, when, below the below the crash, I would imagine, like, or, you know, like under a certain amount of well, weight. There, like there was a lot of people who who did survive. Well, I shouldn't say there are a lot of people, but like the ways that people survived, like there was people, you know, if they were uh, a lot of people in the lower floors were able to get out. Right. 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 Because, you know, it's like where do those, you look at the buildings, you look at the collapse of those buildings. Most of the buildings just collapsed into their own basements because, you know, those builds, buildings go down. I right. believe, you know, eight stories below ground, you know, and most right. of the building is hollow. Right. So it was, you know, most of the building just collapsed in on itself into its own basement. 
And somehow there were still people who, you know, somehow the debris fell on top of them in such a way it created a pocket and didn't kill them. But that was still very few people. It was only about 20 people who were pulled out of the rubble alive. Right. The right? vast majority out of, got out thousands. before it collapsed. But when people talk about that memorial, um, you know, memorial there with the, the big uh, kind of sunken waterfall mm-hmm. uh, there, they talk about it as being a graveyard. And, and you know, really, it, it still is. You know, 40 percent of the people were never found like that. That's pretty fucking haunting. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely is. I mean, what do they do with all the debris? Like where do they even take it just to a landfill? Um, well, they took a lot of chunks of it and made fucking little uh, statues out of it to oh, yeah, those erect all over the country. All, but this, trust me, the tri-state area, those are fucking. <laughs> you could throw a rock and hit one of oh those. My God. Like it's, it's crazy. Remembrance memorial, fucking stupidest thing ever. Um, <clears throat> well, I know that they had a warehouse in New Jersey where they took all of the debris, uh, just to Forensic continue, and, right. continue looking for remains in the debris after it was being hauled away because they thought well there's there's still remains to be found and they weren't really apparently at least not anything that could be um identifiable um but after that i don't know probably probably landfill i mean what do you do with fucking thousands of tons of dust you know right right i don't even know like you just fucking hose it off of you <laughs> at, right. at a certain point um and then of course you know it turns out that dust was cancerous and a bunch of people died from that so you know gift that keeps on giving right yeah i uh oh fuck well yeah um you know certainly a fucked up time uh and it was used to justify the most fucked up thing we've we've done as a country collectively probably uh well i shouldn't say that we've done a lot of fucked up things as a country but certainly the most the, the most ongoing fucked up thing that we're still doing right now uh, is just just you know wanton death and destruction in any country that we deem a threat or uh, a country harboring ISIS or you know harboring terrorists. It's just, it just was it was the caveat to the blanket uh, warfare that we're looking at now, uh, and I think that's the real legacy of nine eleven that people need to think about and not just you know the shit that they were trying to make you think about on those on that day and on in those you know weeks and months that followed. Um. But yeah, you know, and, and we still, you know, talk about legacies. Like we've still got people at Gitmo. We we've still got uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. We haven't been charged with a crime, by the way. We, we still haven't put. Yeah, he hasn't even started his trial yet. Twenty years later, after we tortured him two hundred times, waterboarded him, right. um, he was yeah. just in jail or just in court uh, the other day. Uh, his beard's all dyed red. Not sure what that's about, but. Uh, <laughs> They they can't go forward with the trial because it turns out all the confessions that him and his co-defendants uh, signed are, you know, potentially inadmissible because uh, it turns out confessions coerced through torture uh, have a have a little sticky time getting through uh, a, a court, even if it oh, is a, a military show trial <laughs> down in Cuba. Right. Um So, yeah, that that's sort of the difference between the, the FBI and the CIA is, you know, CIA doesn't care about, you know building a case and putting together a you know a, a prosecution to lock people up they just want to fucking torture people right yeah, like they the, have the, the right they have these black site prisons with uh bloody gina hagel whatever the fuck her name is uh for a reason and they don't care about prosecuting these people you know that's no, they're, that's they're, not they're what the they demolition do. crew they're not the they're not the, the, the structural engineers they they knock right. the shit down the fbi's got to try to build the case back up after that um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I think that about does it for us today. But uh, 
yeah, you know, I, I, I was actually worried we weren't going to have much to talk about because nothing happened this week. But lo and behold, we we've managed to to wring every uh, drop out of out of the uh, out of the washcloth on the, on just these two subjects. Uh, that's yeah, well, I'm sure that like once we get to the 20th anniversary of 9/11 in a couple of days, like some more, like there'll be more fucked up shit to talk oh, I'm about. Sure. I'm sure. Like somebody will tweet out something ridiculous uh regarding 9-11 like somebody's gonna it, yeah, it'll, tune in you know. next week for the brand tweets i'm sure there will be some <laughs> there will be some uh yeah 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 so uh well on that note uh if you want to support the show rate and view and subscribe uh wherever you get your podcasts follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left patreon.com slash move left more merch coming soon with our new logo um facebook.com slash move left idiots i am on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah and we'll see you next time i hear people say we don't need this war I say there's some things worth fighting for What about our freedom and this piece of ground We didn't get to keep them by backing down They say we don't realize the mess we're getting in Before you start your preaching let me ask you this my friend Took all the footage off my TV Said it's too disturbing for you and me It'll just breed anger That's what the experts say If it was up to me, I'd show it every day Some say this country is just out looking for a fight after 9-11, man, I'd have to say that's right. Have you forgotten how it felt that day to see your homeland under fire and her people blown away? Have you forgotten when those towers fell? We had neighbors still inside going through.
Have you forgotten? 